Welcome to episode 34 of the Transformation Podcast. My name is Amanda Escarcega and I am your host. And on this episode, I'm going to share with you my journey, my story about sobriety, my whole uh, story about how I started drinking alcohol, what it was like for me, and then the transition into uh, putting an end to that habit. So I guess I would just start with sharing my story with the alcohol. So I probably had my first drink when I was six years old. I remember my mom used to drink something called peppermint schnapps. It was a very cheap liquor. It tasted like peppermint. Me and my brother had found a bottle of it. We took it out into the backyard and and we had a few sips of this alcohol. And that was the first time that I had tasted it. I had the effects of a little bit of a buzz. And being a kid, I was very curious. And when I was able to get my hands on alcohol, which was every once in a while, um, I kind of liked the feeling of it. It was something that was different and gave me a little bit of a buzz. And I know that might be shocking to some people that are listening to this podcast episode, but six years old is very, very young. And the brain is not even fully developed until around the age of 25. So I was really doing something that was affecting the development of my brain and my ultimate health. And I didn't even realize that at the time, that I was really affecting the the development of my brain at such a young age. And so going into my teenager years, you know, I had a lot of access to alcohol, um, you know, at parties. My If my family was having a barbecue or having some kind of get together, usually me and my cousins were able to sneak some kind of beers or something like that. And then when I turned 21, obviously the biggest thing that people look forward to and celebrate the most widely here in America is when you're 21 years old, you're able to go out to the bars and you can then officially buy an alcoholic beverage at a restaurant or a bar. And that's what I did, right? Me and my friends got together. We went out, we got plastered and got really, really drunk. And that kind of continued that trend, that habit that developed at such a young age continued all the way until I was 34 until I questioned it. And there were times where I would do maybe a week cleanse where I'm not drinking or a month cleanse where I'm not drinking. It was here and there. And I felt like my body needed that detox, that it needed some time away from alcohol because I knew that it was affecting me. I knew that it wasn't healthy for me. I knew that it was toxic. And so I didn't know how to stop it. And I wasn't to that point just yet where I wanted to stop it for good but I would do intermittent uh, non-alcohol cleanses, right? And so when I turned 35, that's when I had a business coach that got me to question why I was drinking alcohol. And he also got me to look at, he got me to look at all the different ways that alcohol was affecting my life He got me to question why I was doing it in the first place. And he also got me to see that it was in conflict with me being a health, someone that was really an advocate for a healthy kind of a lifestyle. So I ate very healthy. I exercised regularly. And then I was drinking alcohol, which when he brought it to my attention, I was like, yeah, well, that's what everybody does. You know, we all run, go to the gym, do yoga, Pilates, and then go to brunch with our friends or family and, you know, drink, have some beers, have some wine. I didn't even question it because it's such a normal thing that we have in society where it's 
it's we call it a balanced lifestyle right mm -hmm. you go to the gym you eat healthy and then you go out drinking with your friends or your family and it's kind of like that balanced kind of a lifestyle well it, it really got me to change my perspective when he said well that's in conflict with who you say you want to be with the lifestyle that you say you want to live and there's another analogy that i think fits very well into this and it's for for those who who do botox which i have done in my early 30s i got botox before uh, but it's it's in conflict with living that kind of a healthy lifestyle we're drinking green juices we're eating salads we're eating very very healthy and we're exercising and then we're also injecting toxins um, into our bodies and i understand why we do it i understand why i did it the reason I'm bringing it up is just because it is another example of a way that we're conflicting, we're in conflict with ourselves with what we say we want. One thing is very toxic that we're putting into our body. Another thing is, is very um, cleansing or very healthy and is promoting good health. So they're, they're going against each other. So when I turned 35, I started looking at this whole thing. I started looking at alcohol and lifestyle in more of a holistic way and i looked at alcohol very differently moving from from that point forward and i started reflecting on the way that alcohol had affected my relationships with friends relationships with you know romantic relationships how it affected my memory how i wouldn't really remember things very easily and people were very offended by me not remembering very important dates or very important moments things that we had gone through and i do think that is a byproduct of all the drinking that i did throughout the years and it's also just a waste of of money i, I think about all the money that i have spent on alcohol and for what I've been that person that's been at the bar that has said, hey, you know, a shot for everybody. I'm buying a shot for everybody over there at that table and spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars um, in a night just to drink a bunch of alcohol. And then the next day, wake up and feel really, really hungover, very uh, sick. And so I didn't I didn't see how alcohol was really benefiting me in any way. The more that I looked at it, the more that I saw the different ways that it was affecting me and the way that money is being spent and how it could be spent towards better things. I just started to look at it differently, but it really took some time for me to fully go through this transition for me. And it went from it being habitual for it to be uh, socially promoted into acknowledging that it's not benefiting me so i had the acknowledgement around it i was aware of it but i still wasn't there just yet right so then i still had the desire i gave it up but i was still like oh i really want to have a cocktail at dinner or at brunch so i was applying discipline to not doing it because i still wanted to do it but i was too aware to do it but i still had the desire to do it so then there was that weird awkward stage because the habit was still existent. And then I finally went into the stage where I was no longer craving it. I no, no longer had the urge for it. I would be around it. I would see people doing it. But I personally didn't have the urge to do it myself. The urge had finally gone away. And that took quite a while. It probably took um, anywhere from between a year to two years for me not to have that urge anymore. And then 
now I'm at the stage, something very interesting happened a couple of days ago. Um, I'm at a stage now where I'm influencing other people to either not drink or helping other people through their process who say that they don't want to drink. And and I guess I want to insert a little side comment here. For the people that w- want to drink and it's not even a question for them to, to, to stop that habit, I, I, I just let people live their lives, right? Like there's no necessarily right or wrong and that's a whole other discussion in itself. But if people want to do something, the only way that someone will stop doing it is if they want to stop doing it. I'm not here to criticize anyone, place judgment on anyone. I just know that if someone says to me, hey, I have a desire to stop drinking, for example, to me, I feel an obligation to help them in that process if presented the opportunity or get them to question themselves. You know, if they say, I want to stop, and then they're talking about having a drink, there's an opportunity there for me to have some influence or maybe get them to question the habit that they've developed for so long. And so now I feel somewhat of a responsibility to help other people through that process if they want that for themselves. And so a couple of days ago, I was talking with a friend of mine, Julia, and she uh, had already shared with me previously that she wanted to stop drinking. She expressed how much she really wanted to live a sober lifestyle, really start surrounding herself with people that don't drink anymore and that are really in a similar uh Direct, going in a similar direction or have a similar perspective about a whole sobriety life and having a healthy kind of a lifestyle. And so a few days after that, she told me that she was going to be going on a date. And I was so excited for her. I was like, oh, that's amazing. What are you guys going to be doing? How are you starting the night off? And she goes, I think we're going to start off the night by watching the sunset, having maybe a drink. And I stopped and I asked her, I was like, well, is that something that you want to do? Or is that something that he asks you if you want to do? And she goes, no, I'm just going to kind of feel the night out and I might have a drink of alcohol. And I said, well, I thought you you said that you don't want to drink anymore. And she goes, I know, but you know, it's a date and I'm, you know, a little bit nervous about the date. And it was a really good time to open up that whole conversation because it really is, and I saw it at the moment, a habit that she was falling back into. It's just the habit of having a drink going on a date or having a drink when you're in a stressful situation or feeling stressed out at the end of a day. You know, you're happy, you want to drink. You're sad, you want to drink. You're excited, you want to drink. You're celebrating something, you want to drink. And so when she said, you know, I'm a little bit nervous, it was an opportunity for me to get her to see herself in that moment and recognize that it was a habit that she was falling back into instead of I'm nervous sitting with the feeling of, hey, I'm nervous. And if she was worried about the guy seeing that she is nervous, it's just like, why not say, I'm a bit nervous on this date in being authentic and being genuine instead of covering up that emotion with the alcohol. And so we talked about it a few days later and she said she didn't end up having a drink because the guy that she went on the date with was sober. So they didn't end up drinking at all. And so we opened up the whole the whole box, we unpacked it, and we talked about, yes, it was just the idea of having the drink was the habit, like I, w- like I was just sharing. And I shared with her my feeling of the obligation of 
getting her to question her having the drink. And she thanked me. She's like, look, man, I'm not used to people around me that are in my circle or friends questioning my my decision to have a drink at any at any, you know, for a lunch or for a dinner or for a date or anything. Usually people just say, oh, good for you, you know, go do what you got to do. And so she really appreciated me getting, questioning her or questioning her having that drink so that she could see that this is just another, this was an opportunity for growth for her. And it was a really bonding moment because she saw that I had the best intentions and it was also a part uh, it was also a moment for her to get her to see herself in a growing opportunity. And so I'm just so excited about how many non-alcoholic beverage companies, uh, canned beverage companies, alternatives that are healthy are coming out on the market that have natural stimulants and or adaptin, adaptogens. Um, there's just so many. There's a couple of them that I've really enjoyed. One of them is called Hyo. H-I-Y-O. Another one is called Three Spirits. Um, those are two that I have had that I really enjoyed where they're healthy. They have that similar kind of taste where they're kind of bubbly. Um, some of them have caffeine in them. So there's natural stimulants and other herbs that are in there that naturally cause energy. So at the end of the night, you know, if you're going out, uh, you want that extra kick of energy. There, there are drink supplements that are healthy that are coming out. And I'm so excited for that because I really do feel like it's a movement and it's a non-drinking movement. It's a healthy movement where we recognize that this has been a problem. And so now there are companies that are coming out and supporting it. Another thing they're coming out with is mocktail bars. Mocktail bars are starting to pop up. Uh, they're making it easier for us to find hangout spots to catch up with friends and family uh, late at night where we can pop in for a mocktail or a coffee. And so we need more places like that that support us coming together over something that's healthy versus something that's not healthy. Um, alcohol really is a big money-making industry. I'm not going to go over the statistics in this podcast, but is it is a huge money-driven business. It also kills our brain cells. Uh, it reduces our vibrational energy. So we all have a vibration that we carry in our bodies that people pick up on, right? We have a vibration and energy that people can feel, people can sense. And we're, when we're vibrating on a lower uh, vibration, like grief, anger, those kinds of things, alcohol reduces our vibration to some of those lower levels, which also include anxiety and depression. So alcohol really does have a huge influence on our bodies in so many different ways. And I hope that this podcast episode really gets you to start thinking about your relationship with alcohol, if you have one or what your views are on it. And I hope it inspires you to maybe have a conversation with someone that you know that either is you know having an alcohol problem or is thinking about stopping or you know, just having a, a good open conversation with, with your closest circle of friends because you are the close, you are like the people that you are around the most. So if you drink and you want to stop drinking, to be that influence for the people around you sometimes can be so powerful, so life-changing. And often we just don't question the habits that we've developed over the years. So I really encourage you to 
question question your relationship with alcohol if you have one question why it is that you do it if you do drink and there's a quote that i know it's called it's 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 said you develop the habit and then the habit develops you so this doesn't only pertain to alcohol but it also pertains to other things in our life so i will leave you with this question if you drink alcohol why do you drink alcohol and is it something that you're willing to give up to be a healthier version of you I would really love to hear your feedback on this episode. Uh, And if you have any questions or you just want to reach out, then I would love to also get a DM from you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Amanda Escarsiga. And I hope to hear from you soon. I hope that you found this episode valuable. I hope that you share. I hope that you share this episode with someone that you know. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.